0: The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Hello, Dr. Ray. Hi,
2: Dr. Ray. How are you? I'm sure I'm going to get really good advice from you.
3: Well, oh, I don't know about that.
4: You're right on track with us. You're right on track.
3: My idea, my theory, my guidance is a bit of a stretch. Can everybody make a mistake. Does that comfort you? No. Am I close?
5: No. You are so wrong. You're so wonderful. Why do I have
3: to be the insightful professional?
5: Someone intelligent on radio. Yay!
3: Did I make you feel a lot better or what?
5: No, you made me feel worse.
3: Now, from the studios of Living
0: Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's
3: Dr. Ray. Very nice to have you here. Notice I didn't say just nice. I said Very nice, very nice to have you here. Uh, Some of you, it is clear from your e-persons, that you're struggling in your parenting, getting a little loose, a little uh, frustrated in your permissiveness. Well, we're going to get you past. if you ask a question about parenting, we get questions about life on the program here, but if you ask a question about parenting, we'll get you past it. You won't have lax parenting anymore. You'll have X lax parenting, um, so so to speak. Number to get on the program: 877 eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Everyone else, I didn't say the number to get the number to get on the program is. I didn't do that. I just said number to get on the program. It's more one, it's guy talk, and two, I'm in the middle of negotiations with Ave and EWTN to be paid by the word. And until they start doing that, there will be less words on this program. That's the way it will be. Why would you call? Your business. See, I didn't say it would be your business. I just said your business. Again, guy style. Maybe you have a question about something in your life. Kid. Adult. Adult kid. People you have to get along with. People you don't like to get along with. People you once did get along with but don't anymore. This whole thing about love it really does focus on people. If I if I had to love other things and not people, well I could find it a lot easier to love. that's for sure. I mean I love that tree in my backyard. It's really a nice tree you know it's a big oak tree it spits its leaves all winter long but it's really a very nice tree. I suppose I could say I love banana splits. And you start getting into this whole love people thing, which is really the word love is stretched all over the place in our language, but that's when it gets tougher. So you got a question about something like that, something you don't understand about the faith, something that you don't understand about psychology in general or development or intellect or emotions, give me a call, 877-573-573. 7825, that is not an easy number to remember. It does not roll off the tongue. 877-57-EQUAL does. 877-57-EQUAL. Also, you can call in like people do. We had a bunch of those yesterday to help other people. It's very nice. It's very nice. I was reading in um, the June issue of Purgatory Today. Yeah, look it up. And if you call, call in to help somebody, it could be it could be a charitable act, and charitable acts are good. And they help you ultimately. So, eight seven seven fifty seven equal. Had a call yesterday. I think it was yesterday. No, it was last year. It was yesterday. He called it Stressmas. He didn't call it Christmas. He called it Stressmas. And he was asking about ways to reduce his own stress at Stressmas because his wife really immersed herself in the upcoming holidays. She headed towards him. I went to breakfast at a little place this morning with my wife and the place was just exploded inside. With all kinds of Christmas paraphernalia. Now, when I say Christmas paraphernalia, I mean um, the Grinch, Snowmen, Little Drummer Boys, Wrapped Gifts, Christmas Sweaters. I looked in vain to find any, any whiff of the reason for Christmas, why we even have it as it has morphed into a secular holiday in the extreme. However, I believe that most of you listening to this program look at Christmas for what it is, the birth of the God-man who came into the world to save our souls and to show us the Father. However, I'm going to assume that a lot of you uh, take Christmas and make it stress Why do you do this to yourself? What is it about coming up toward Christmas that this happens? And in the extreme, and I have heard many people say this, people who believe the meaning of Christmas, finally it's over. Okay, we can get back to routine now. Oh. That is just, uh, you know, I just breathe a sigh of relief. Wow. If that is any part of your reaction to celebrating our Lord's birthday, you better sit down and start thinking about not the events and the demands leading up to Christmas, but what you're making of them. Dr. Ray, that's easy for you to say. Do you bake cookies? Do you buy gifts for all the relatives, all the grandkids? Do you do that, Dr. Ray? Do you rack your brain trying to figure out what other people need? Because they have everything. So you're trying to find something that they'd like. Usually ends up being some kind of trinket that they don't use. Or the fruitcake. Give them a fruitcake. There's one fruitcake in the world and it just gets passed around and has been passed around for the last 50, 60 years. It's one fruitcake. How can you tell if a fruitcake's stale, you know? I don't know. Or, Dr. A, do you do all the decorating? Hmm? Do you cook for all the relatives on Christmas Eve, Dr. A? All of which I plead guilty. You're right. So maybe I'm speaking because the demands on me are not the same as the demands on my wife. However, Dr. Ray, you could help her. Yes, I know that. And I think it's easier for her to have less stress on herself than for me to help her. But that's another story altogether. So given all that, ask yourself, what are you doing? Because Christmas is approaching what demands are you putting on yourself now I do Christmas cards and the reason I do Christmas cards and that's a lot that's several hours because there's a lot of people in my life in my past who have meant so much to me and you know as well as I do you don't see them as much anymore so I write a little note in each one and those notes take a little while because I try to personalize them for the folks I don't tell them what I'm doing that's stupid but I personalize what they meant to me or The times we had together or the guys I played ball with or people I used to work at at the Mental Health Center, the folks at EWTN, Ave, all those folks. They matter. They mean something. Now, I put that on myself because I decide that's a thing I want to do. But you know what I don't put on myself? I don't put on myself gifts. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of people I buy stuff for. We have an exchange among our kids. That's pretty much it. I don't, I don't give gifts. My wife and I don't give each other gifts. We Throughout the year, we can get anything we want materially that way. So that's not something. So that's not a demand. Regarding the cooking, yeah, I, I got to acknowledge that uh, my wife does want to cook. I can't cook. So that was uh, a, a nice move for helplessness on my part. But And a few times I tried, she just shooed me out of the way. So that's good. You got to know how to do that. You got planned incompetence. But that's usually a day or two before Christmas. It isn't all the way coming up to Christmas. I do the tree, and we together decorate the family room, all the things we do together, put the Christmas music on. Don't let the joy, the warmth of these holidays, Christmas season, Advent, say to you, Ugh, ugh this is this is just a burden it's just it's just wearing me down. If that's happening, go through each of the demands that you're putting upon yourself. Dr. A, you don't put all the demands upon yourself. they are there. I understand that, but the extent of the demand much of the time we put on ourselves are you doing things out of obligation or Are you thinking, I've got to put up with this relative who's coming into town, and that's the stress, Dr. Ray. I don't mind the cooking. I don't mind the decoration. I don't mind the gifts. I don't mind the cards. But that relative who's going to come into town and ruin my Christmas. Understand, nobody can ruin your Christmas. You know that, don't you? And they can act any way they want. They can be obnoxious. They can be unpleasant. They can be even mean. You decide if they're going to ruin your Christmas. I know I'm saying a lot of things that people may may take issue with. If you do, I want to hear from you. Tell me where tell me where I'm wrong. I mean, I'll listen. I don't know if i agree. Eight seven seven five seven three seven eight. Two five eight seven seven fifty seven equal that's the number to get on to the program very much
6: very much would like to hear from you thank you hi I'm Al Cresta do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child in developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts all their parents earn must go to food shelter and water can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary in the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with a book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in With my new book Genesis A Bible study guide And commentary Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach To this exciting And dramatic Ancient narrative That is so often Misunderstood You can get the book now On the store page At AveMariaRadio.net Check it out He was a Pope A Saint and a Doctor of the Church.
2: Matthew Bunsen
3: and the Doctors of the Church. Pope St. Gregory I the Great is one of only four popes honored as the Great. Among his many achievements was sending missionaries across northern Europe, especially St. Augustine of Canterbury, who brought Christ to the people of England. In a pun, Pope Gregory called the English people angels. He died in 604.
7: For more about the Doctors of the
2: Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com.
3: Very nice to have you with me, Dr. Ray Garendi here. Uh, Before we go to your calls, some good calls up there, I want to just do a little bit of, I should call this self-promotion, I suppose. Uh, Living Right with Dr. Ray, the TV show, taping uh, soon its 14th season on EWTN. We've had the good fortune to go around the country. Those of you in Buffalo or uh, Kansas City, Missouri or Wichita, or Billings, uh, Dallas. Where else did we go? Uh, we went up to the Detroit area, Ave Maria, Columbus. <sighs> I'm trying to think of of the places. Well, we've been fortunate enough to go to those places, and we've had nice audiences in each place. Well, this time around, really for the first time, we're going to be taping it down at EWTN. Yeah, the studios down there in uh, Birmingham. So. Here's how you would get onto the program or how you would get information. It's uh, January 17th. We're going to do four shows. I think they're like 9, 10, 30, 12, and 1, 30, or 10, 10, they're an hour and a half apart. gonna just put it that way. Uh, if you go to EWTN.com, that's easy enough, right? You know that website. Forward slash Dr. Ray Live, D-R-R-A-Y Live then they list. If you want to sign up for one, two, three, or four of them, you'll be there at the EWTN studio. So it'd be a nice time to take in the whole place, too. It's not so much just the fact that you uh, would be in the audience at the show, that you could look all over the place. The beautiful chapel, the bookstore, the grounds, the production facilities, you'd be right there in the midst of where EWTN Live is is taped, and uh, all, the, all the shows you've come to love on EWTN. So Go to EWTN.com. That's easy enough. Forward slash Dr. Ray Live. D-R-R-A-Y Live. And then you can sign up. tells you what times you reserve a spot. As always, the more people in the audience, the better. Lori from Dayton, Ohio. I got to find out. Exactly what this brother said. I mean, if Lori can say it, this is a family show.
5: Hi, Lori. Hi, how are you?
3: Well, it says here he chewed you out. Uh, did he, he get.
5: Chewed na- me na- out?
3: Yeah. Nasty, nasty, nasty?
5: Well, um, pretty much, yeah. I mean, he basically said he despised me. Mm. And, um, you know, said that he thought it was horrible that I got to go to college and he didn't. Okay. And, you know, things along that line and how he was, you know, a couple of choice words about my mom and dad who are both deceased. Hmm. Um, and I responded briefly and just said, you know, that's, I didn't pick any of that for you. Oh, and he didn't get a lot of attention, he says, because of my medical condition. So, and, and you know, I'm not, I can't argue with, any of what he said, because it's probably true. My parents were not fabulous at paying attention to any of us. But besides that, um, you know, this kind of just came out of nowhere. He had just texted me like a month before about a job opportunity for one of my kids. So, you know, and I I went ahead and blocked him and blocked him on social media. But and I kind of feel like, okay, I'm done. But by the same token, I hate that I would never have a relationship with him again, even though we weren't super close.
3: Why'd you block him, Lori?
5: Because at the time, I was so upset and overwhelmed. I thought, I you know, I don't want to. You know, he threw this big accusation at me out of the blue, and I just thought, I don't want to deal with this. This is ridiculous.
3: You think he was going to continue this through either texting or whatever social media contacts you have? You think he would do that, or he would call you again and rip on you again?
5: I have no idea.
3: You just, I mean, it the was fact con- that
5: he did this at all shocked me.
3: Uh, it doesn't shock me at all, and I'll maybe give you a hints on why it's not shocking me at all, but... And, and, and it's not because I think people are capable of anything. I think in your particular case, I'll tell you why it didn't shock me. However, to, to go further, would you say that you're blocking him was like a reflex reaction? Okay, if you're going to treat me that way, get out of my life.
5: Yeah, I, I felt like I didn't want to submit myself to more anger from him.
3: So what's making you change your mind?
5: Uh, a lot of time has passed, and I just hate the fact that I wouldn't have any connection to him. I mean, we were not super close as adults. And I, you know, had fully admitted that I was a horrible little sister. There's no doubting that. But I just hate the, I mean, we were not super close as adults, but I we got along okay as adults. We didn't see each other a lot, but we talked occasionally, and that seemed okay for both of us. And I didn't, you know, I'm just kind of feeling like... Could you said
3: you said this came out of the blue which is saying there is no way that I thought that he thought any of these things and as a matter of fact uh he he doesn't mean any of it he just for whatever the reason was having a bad day is is that what you're thinking No 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 I think that he
5: probably has had thought some of these things. Like like I said, I've admitted to him that I was a horrible sister and that he was a good brother in many ways. It's just frustrating because a lot of the things that he claims that I you know that my existence made happen, I went through a lot of stress having him as an older brother. There were a lot of things he did that made me nervous and scared me, but I've let all that go.
3: Two levels so, to this, Lori one okay. Can I assume you're a Christian? Of course. Then you got to forgive him.
5: Yes, and, and I don't and, have a problem doing that.
3: Okay, well, yeah, but the problem with that is you can't say you forgave somebody if you totally blocked them out of your life. It's one thing to avoid them because they're dangerous... Or Because they're completely obnoxious and they don't want any part of you. That's understandable But if you're simply saying he he mistreated me and all the things he said They were just yucky ugly things and therefore get out of my life Then you can't say you forgive him. So that's the first thing But the second thing's practical if you say it's my brother. All right. Yeah, we never were close But I don't want to go the nuclear option and just simply completely obliterate the relationship I don't want to do that now by implication, by implication, what do you do about it? Well, you might want to let him know that you blocked him because you reacted.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: you want to take it a step further, you can say, I'm sorry I blocked you. I've, I've had plenty of time to rethink it, and I think I was wrong in blocking you. Now, you're not saying, okay, okay. Well, I, I you didn't do anything wrong. I was wrong. No, you're not saying that. You're you're just not addressing that. You're not saying I blocked you because I was hurt. I blocked you because of all the things you said. I blocked No, you're not doing any of that. Okay. You're just you're just saying I'm sorry. I blocked you. That was an impulsive move, and I've I've had I've had plenty of time to settle down. And uh, I'm sorry. And so, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm here. That's what I would do. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be close to the guy. It doesn't mean he has to like you all that much. It just means you're going to put the bridge back up. That's all.
5: Okay. Well,
3: that'd be my if suggestion.
5: If he does anything of the same nature again...
3: I wouldn't block him so much because he's just being nasty, and he's showing you all his resentments that he has. But I, I would probably not respond to anything like that. And brace yourself. Brace yourself, Lori, for one other thing. Uh, He may have stewed uh, the last year about what he thinks you did terribly wrong. So who knows what resentments he's stored up. So if you approach him seeking reconciliation of some type and he just erupts again, don't be surprised. But you hope you wouldn't, you know. All righty, my dear. Good luck okay. to you on this one. Thank you, Lori.
5: Thank you. Okay. okay
3: I, hear this, I hear this from a lot of people. Uh, they, they will say, well, my response was to block that person. Now, on one hand, yeah, if you, if you get this relentless stream of nastiness and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not putting up with this. Why, why would I do this? I, that's understandable. But a lot of times, and I've seen this happen a lot, and and I've seen it happen with kids an awful lot, is that if you do something I don't like, or if you do something I think is hurtful, or if you do something I think is totally inappropriate toward me regarding words, I'm shutting you off. I'm blocking you. And then a lot of the time, the block is lifted after a week or two. But it's, it's, you know, in a way, it's almost a parallel for those of us who used to have phones that were rotary dial and you could slam down the phone it's kind of an extreme version of that but didn't you notice with with a with a cell phone you, you can't really slam it down and break the phone and you, you don't have it doesn't have the same impact of taking your finger and pushing real hard on that on the end button you know that slam down a receiver yeah that says it that was the that was the old-fashioned version of blocking somebody Eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five
5: Catholic
2: Connection with Teresa Tomio. The church isn't saying throw out the baby with the bathwater. Throw out all the media. Don't use the media. What the Pope is saying, that make sure that what you are doing is enabling yourself and others to encounter Christ more deeply. And you can't do that unless you reach out. You have to reach out to God first. You have to encounter Him in the Eucharist in that personal relationship. And then you pray, you reflect, and then you go. In my book, Beyond Sunday, Becoming a 24-7 Catholic, I talk about the three M's of faith, meeting, mercy, and mission. You meet and encounter Christ, You enter into a personal relationship with him. He gives you mercy. And then what do you do? You just sit there and say, oh, thanks, Jesus, see you later. No, you go out on mission exactly as the woman at the well did.
1: Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio,
7: Weekdays,
1: 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. What does the Ninth Commandment forbid? The Catholic Catechism says the Ninth Commandment warns against carnal concupiscence, sins against the flesh. What is concupiscence? It is the consequence of original sin. Though baptism purifies the soul of all sin, it does not remove our tendency toward sin. In this rebellion of the flesh against the spirit, as defined by St. Paul, we must develop purity of heart, the desire always to do the will of God, especially in the area of charity and chastity. Purity requires modesty. Modesty protects the intimate center of a person. It refuses to unveil what should be hidden. Modesty guides how you look at others and behave toward them. It should dictate one's choice of clothing so as not to exploit or tempt another. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism.
3: I thank those of you on the line for your patience. I went up to Minot, North Dakota. I'll talk about that shortly here. But sometimes I talk about how calls are selected, and I say, of course, basically the the issue, the matter, uh, what call has happened similarly in the recent past. Anything. There's all kinds of all kinds of calls, but one of them is, and I hesitate to say this because it's so completely self promoting and self centered, is. I take calls that touch upon something I've struggled with personally. <laughs> and Meredith from Rapid City, South Dakota, and she's going to speak very fast because she's from Rapid City, is a musician. And uh, for about 10 years, I played in restaurants and bars as I put myself through college. And uh, recently, I was back at a restaurant, probably about five, six, seven years ago, doing the same thing. Well, now I I play in nursing homes, and uh, the people in nursing homes l- listen even less than the people in the bars. Meredith, how are you? Yeah, I'm
5: fine. How are you?
3: <laughs> so, so you feel like uh, you feel like the people aren't listening to you? They don't? They're not interested in your playing.
5: Well, there's that that part of the crowd for sure. Um but there are some, you know, of course that are very um appreciative of what you're doing. But yeah, you're t- you're right about the retirement homes or I never did a bar. Well, that's not true. A long time ago, did a little bit of bar work. But I'm a, uh, You got to do the bars, questions. Meredith.
3: That's where the fights
5: break out. Oh no. No, no, no.
3: Yeah,
5: all right. <laughs> I'm past that age for sure but i I do i I'm just getting to the age I think where my husband says, "You know really, there's that word "no" that you could possibly add to your vocabulary, um but I just love to play, and then you know I'm in a daze halfway through the month, and Christmas hasn't even happened yet. I don't have a tree up i don't I haven't baked anything, and I don't feel guilty about that but i just feel you know there's so much even in little rapid city there's a whole lot of music going on a whole lot of programs this this theater department or this theater company or whatever it's just so
3: what is your struggle
5: i'm not i don't know i was telling the um your your uh, guy on the uh, who i talked to he said is this more of just a reflection i said well i don't know i'm just i are just really tired, and if you I like playing,
3: if you like playing,
5: yeah. you play. Yeah.
3: Now, when I go into yeah. that nursing home, and many of those folks are in the latter stages of dementia, so I don't even know if they know yeah. I'm there. Right? There's there's a few yeah. that I see responding. Uh, they recognize mm-hmm. the music. They recognize the songs. It brings them back. So I, I play for whomever can connect at whatever mm-hmm. level i don't look at it like they have to attend to me when i used to play in the bars the vast majority of people didn't listen to you they were eating they were carrying on conversations <laughs> you you got to get mm-hmm. used to that so if if you love playing and you're going to play for them go do it but mm-hmm. do, do not expect that the bulk of are going to clap or appreciate or tell you when they leave, thank you so much, that was wonderful. You made my night. That's not gonna happen. Now no. that's that said, <laughs> that said, if you're saying I'm doing it, but but other stuff is starting to slide. I haven't baked, I haven't put up the tree, eh, eh. Well then you mm. gotta balance you got to decide, my dear. You gotta yeah, say I, know. I can't take I can't take all these bookings because I'm, yeah. and I, you know what, I'm telling you, you didn't say this, but I'm telling you, I'll bet you're cheap. And and that's why they book you. <laughs> it's like, what what do you charge? I charge $50. Okay, we'll take you. You know, you yeah. play for private parties. What do you charge? $40. So they jump all over it. You're laughing. Are you any good if you're charging yeah. $40? Well, that's it. You, you, um, you don't know. So, <laughs> so no, given I know. that. I, I, yeah. It's a question of balance, my dear.
5: It is sure, and it is. I have yet at my riper age to figure that out yet, it's taking you long um, enough i I think when i I'm just grateful that God has given me the the energy to maintain the number of gigs that I end up doing, and so i'm I'm grateful for that, but i do i I guess I'm a little wistful about you know I mean my two sons are in you know pushing thirty, so thinking about the days when it was. I was home all the time and, and barely played. I played with the symphony. I played percussion and piano and sing. So I did percussion with them, and that was an easy thing to, you do. So is, to... do. You know what a lot of it is,
3: Meredith? Do you know what a lot of it is? What? We don't adapt real well to the changing phases of our lives. Hmm. Yeah. I don't have my 10 kids at home anymore. They're gone. So when yeah. I go into church with my wife and we sit there together, we're we're the older people in the church that we used to look at. When we'd come in with our <laughs> 10 kids and take up a pew and everybody would leave because it didn't smell too good. But when we would come in and we'd look at the folks that were sitting there without kids and we'd think, wow, I wonder what their history is. Well, now we're the ones that people look at and say, I wonder what their history is. And I've found that I have to embrace each of those phases. I now play in a nursing home. My skills are every bit as good as they were when I played in the top restaurants. But Mm. they don't put organs, jazz organs, in top restaurants anymore. Not there. Uh, done <laughs> right so i gotta embrace yeah you gotta embrace it and i think that's part of what you're struggling with which is yeah okay yeah. i still play and i still enjoy playing but you know back in the days when and that now my dear <laughs> be grateful be grateful that your
5: phases i am have come i i can see that and i appreciate you pointing it out. I'm not sure I would have listened to anybody else telling me that.
3: Well, one other thing I want to tell you. Be careful when you augment the ninth at the bridge. Because sometimes, <laughs> just, just know that. So, peace. A, little, a little inner baseball lingo between two people who, who play the keyboards. Yeah. Meredith, thank yeah. you, my dear, for the call. I'll talk to you. 877-573-7825. 7, 7, 7, 7, Those of you waiting, I'm coming to you next. Don't go away. I know, Tommy, you've been extremely patient. You've been there quite a while. So that either reflects that you have an incredible virtue of patience, or you have no life whatsoever, and you're just hanging around, or you're desperate. Either way, 877-573-7825. 7825 and I got about 20 seconds till the music starts 30 seconds. So when I said the part about the uh, fights in the bars that happened. One time I remember a guy dove off of a bar stool onto a table. And you know, you you have to be prepared for that stuff. So I immediately went into a rendition of the theme song from Rocky. Da 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 da. Right away. <laughs> I <laughs> I got a couple verses in before they broke it up. 8775737825 87757 877-57 equal is the number. Of course Angel she broke some bones. So that that I don't wasn't from a bar fight. This is Dr. Ray.
1: 60 on 10 with Monsignor Charles Pope. The Ninth Commandment You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. We already
6: discussed in the Sixth Commandment the problems of sexual sins themselves, but what the Lord is teaching here is rooted in the word covet. To covet means to inordinately or inappropriately desire something or someone, and in this case, the Lord is saying to us that we are in no way to covet. To look with lust at another person, particularly our neighbor's wife, but others in general. And that therefore all pornography and things like that have to go. All entertaining of lustful thoughts has to go. And God can help us by his grace to do that. And therefore, in this commandment, he summons us to take authority over our thought life and our sexual passions. The ninth commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife.
1: For more about the Ten Commandments, visit EWTNRC.com.
4: Christ is the answer with Father John Ricardo. I repeat, I'm sure ad nauseum to the guys who are here, a line from Pope Benedict Emeritus now, who used to say over and over again, to be a Christian is not the result of an ethical choice, but the result of an event, an encounter, a meeting with the living God and the person of Jesus Christ. This and nothing less is what it means to be a Christian. So we said the new evangelization is new in ardor. That's a kind of old-fashioned word. What in the world is ardor? Ardor is zeal, fervor, passion. Are you passionate about Jesus? Passionate about Jesus. Are you zealous for Jesus? Are you fervent for Jesus? Are we fervent for the gospel? Are we passionate about helping this world come to know him?
3: Andrew, I thought for sure you were going to play the bumper music of a couple of those organ riffs. Instead, you played somebody a lot better. Thank you so much for joining me here on The Doctor Is In. Tommy from Minot, North Dakota. Now, my memories of Minot, that's where the Air Force Base is. I spoke to the service people a few years back at Minot, and for whatever the reason... Uh, they couldn't get me a hotel room so they put me in the quarters that they that they basically house the dignitaries and i asked them i said you know this place is really really nice they go yeah yeah we reserve that for the for the the generals and the people way up there hi tommy how are you
7: hey dr a <laughs> I, I don't it know was, if i believe that story but it's true hey happened.
3: hey would i lie to you
7: it's true no I don't think so it's a Catholic talk show so that's right <laughs> um well thank you for filling my call um sure. thanks for your patience I was I call oh yeah it's my lunch break so I, I think uh, a little bit, oh, oh, I don't know about the desperate but most of the other two I guess I got nothing else to do um <laughs> well I, I got a bit of a bit of a Andrew, Andrew
3: flag that that's a great bumper I got nothing else to do flag that okay sorry Tommy go ahead <laughs>
7: That's okay. Um, yeah, bit of a loaded situation. So I don't have to solve it, but you seem pretty good at answering this stuff. I love your show. Um, yeah, going home for Christmas. Um, sister is, uh, planning a gay marriage for this summer. And, um, so, and all the family is going to be home over Christmas. Uh, and I know they're already started to talk about it and I, I don't plan on going, um, Talk to my parish priest, etc. So this is not a, as much of a moral theology question of how to deal with family members. Uh, my dad still goes to church. Has told me like, "Hey, I expect you to be at this ceremony." I didn't really tell him one thing or the other. Um, my sister's kind of aware of like what I my beliefs. So like I'm Catholic. So, like my my family doesn't practice the faith so much anymore. Anyways, I didn't know if you had any great advice on. Uh, dealing with something like this with a family just kind of if if it comes up in front of everybody it's it's gonna be kind of a i don't know
3: it's a you, a you got,
7: ready to go
3: you got two levels to your question the first level is yep. the easy one so you go to the family gathering around the christmas days and your sister's there with her partner what do you do well, you treat yep. him you treat him nice you treat him kindly you yeah, just, that's
1: easy. Yeah, that that's, that's, that's easy. That business as usual. That's easy enough. Yeah.
3: Done. Yeah. The harder part, of course, is they're going to want, it would seem, a commitment from you. We're we're not going to let you just be quiet about this until the day approaches. No, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna put your feet to the heat, and we're gonna make you say yes or no. Do you think that'll happen?
7: Um, I think it's coming. Uh, and so I guess like ideally I think Christmas is supposed to be like, you know, good peaceful yeah. time. I would delay it. Um Well, they'll make it unpeaceful. You won't Tommy,
3: you won't make it unpeaceful. Yeah. They will. They will not allow you. They will not allow you. As your dad said, I expect you to be there. Okay. You're you're the odd man out. You're the weirdo. You're the bigot. You're the uh hater. Yep. You are the intolerant one. Isn't that interesting? That's the culture we now live in So if they if they push you You say I love my sister But I love my faith more and have to live by it That's what you say. So are you saying you're not coming? You're saying I cannot witness a marriage Not between a man and a woman Oh, they're going to go nuts, but you don't have to give them any more details than that.
7: Yep. You're, but you'd gonna, recommend... I'd only recommend you're, it you're, if, they, if they that, corner you.
3: That, I don't recommend it if they corner you. If they don't corner you, I wouldn't say a word.
7: That's, yeah, and then maybe on my turn, plan a visit out to them. Talk out in a, a separate environment when it's not so loaded, but...
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, but and they, I...
7: I your sister,
3: your yeah. sister's the only one, if you want to give an explanation to, that gets the explanation. You don't have to explain to every family member. You can yeah. say, I believe the Catholic Church was established by Jesus Christ, who was God. Therefore, Catholic Church teaches <laughs> and has always taught that marriage is between a man and a woman. So... In in coming to your marriage, I would be celebrating that, and I I can't do that. That doesn't mean I don't love you, and that doesn't mean you're not going to be a part of my life. That's just where I'm at. Now, I would hope, I would hope, and i got to tell you, Tommy, I haven't seen it very much, that your sister would say, Tommy, I understand. I I accept that, and you're not going to get hard feelings from me or my partner. I would hope, but I doubt it. Because my experience has been, you're not allowed to have your belief system. You have to celebrate what I want you to celebrate. And if you don't, then you're the one that needs to be ostracized. Uh, You know more than I do. What are you reading on the tea leaves there? What are you smelling that's going to happen if you are not going to go?
7: Well, oh, yeah, I think it'll be a disaster. But uh, that is what it is. My my concern more is, like, um, yeah, I think my sister will, she already kind of, yeah, I've I've heard the whole rant um, that I I am I check all those boxes of things you're not allowed to be in, in this culture. But the other thing I kind of wonder is, like, if, like, my dad has basically told me, so I'm in, like, my mid-20s, um, still have a good relationship with, like, all my family members. Um, if he's, like, quote-unquote, like, ordering me, telling me I have to be there like i don't i i don't think i owe it to him to like
3: tell oh, absolutely him no or
7: explain absolutely not outside of the conversation with my sister like that's i try right. like out of respect you, to her yeah. yeah okay you can
3: say but dad i've already talked this over yeah, i've yeah. already talked this over with with whomever and uh if you want the story you can get it from her well i just want to know your reasoning well dad my reasoning isn't really hard to understand and, and and the yeah. the irony the irony is again your religion is now going to get assaulted they'll assault you but they'll assault your religion too they'll basically say that it's awful it's evil it's judgmental it's horrible and it's the source of all kinds of wrongness and mistreatment in the world that's what they'll say yeah are you familiar with uh, chapter that's kind 5 of deal, though, right. what's that sir
7: I said that that's kind of a deal
3: though. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, look at the end of chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, mm-hmm. where our Lord said, they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you, and blessed are you when they revile you and utter all kinds of slander against you for my sake. He knew it. He knew this was going to happen. And when he said I came to turn brother against brother or mother against daughter, yeah. he didn't that was not his intent. But he knew that was going to happen if, in fact, you embraced his teaching. Yep. You know, so it, and, and, and interestingly enough, there's, there's a lot of research. If you go to uh, Father Robert Spitzer's book called The Moral Wisdom mm-hmm. of the Catholic Church, he cites a massive number of secular studies that deal with the Church's teaching on morality and what happens— when you reject that teaching and decide to go your own way about it, the secular research is overwhelming. It's that this, this, this ends up in all kinds of problems. But nobody wants to know that. We, we are people who want to do what we want to do. And therefore, it doesn't really matter. We don't follow the science when the science is inconvenient to us. And I would say that I don't know the depth to which your relatives embrace the faith, but we're we're getting fast into a culture that says I don't follow the faith when the faith is inconvenient to me.
7: Yep. No, that that tracks, Doctor. Right? Yeah. Um, the really the the like um, what I what I'm I guess was foggy, and I thought maybe you had experience with this, and it sounds like you have, this is good good wisdom. Is that I don't really need to explain myself or. I, in fact, should not, like, cause a ruckus. I don't want to cause a ruckus. Just I owe my sister an honest answer um, at, when the time is right. And if I get her, cornered, yeah, you get cornered. That's let whatever her know you call. love her. That's the holidays.
3: Let them know that yeah. it has nothing to do with love. It has nothing to do with hate. It's simply, am I not allowed to have my own belief system based upon, I believe, the God of the universe? And if they say, you're nuts, you know, okay so who's being intolerant now Tommy thank you so much good luck to you my friend stand strong this is doctor
4: Ray. underwritten in part by the following nonprofit
0: do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything even things you don't believe in there
4: are options
0: you can join solidarity health share a faith-based health sharing community plus Solidarity Health Share can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month
2: for families.
6: Call to see how much you can save. 844 398
3: 9399. That's 844 398 9399.
6: We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful, all that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's a judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart.
2: Cresta in the Afternoon,
6: weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child?
3: segment goes fast for me it really does you folks are some incredibly thoughtful people who educate me a lot definitely angel broke some bones Uh, probably angel i told you don't play flag football not at your age i didn't listen i didn't listen well i hope you at least got the flag before he scored
2: um, no, I think it's still in the same spot where the pole was that I hit. you,
3: you don't even uh, know what flag football is, do you? uh
2: no, I'm really bad at cards too, so this is why angel, cards.
3: this is why we don't communicate. this is why we don't connect. this is why we cannot anyway you how'd you break these Personally,
2: bones? It's going be the football you
3: you, you you broke you broke which bones? I
2: broke. um, I had twenty at least twenty six fractures. I crushed my shoulder. Oh, uh, my neck just kind of disappeared. That, that were holding it up. My right arm, eight bones. My right leg was. Oh, is, is this really, recent? Is this recent? Yeah, I did it. I did it. Um, no, it's been ten weeks. So, but I haven't had any, Yikes. any cast, no therapy, nothing, and my bones did start to come together like the next day. Even though I look like cornflakes on the um, on the uh, X-rays, but
3: you I didn't spend anything. any time in the hospital. Uh, just some hours. Wait just a minute! Hours. This I'm I'm yeah. having a hard time with this. You have 26 yeah. separate no, fractured places, and yeah. they sent except you home the, with no
2: casts. When I was begging for them not to send me home, no casts. And when I went to my therapy, when I went to my um. My orthopedic surgeon the next day, he said, "We can't, we can't put casts on this. This is just too much." He said, I, "I, just have to stop counting here," and he, he had me take my arm out of the sling and said, "Keep moving it because you're going to lose it otherwise." Um, but and everything has come together, and I, I do have one small problem with my knees still, but that's not a big deal. But the thing is, is I feel so distant. I, I had like two seconds. I mean, it was like two seconds, really, before the pole. The pole was about five feet in front of me, and I was going 35. I took it down, and it was four feet of cement. And it was it was a good three-story pole, you know, three, 30 feet. Um, anyway, I have had this feeling of distancing um, ever since. It's like everything seems so kind of far away, and I'm half here and half not here. Um, and and everything is very
3: intense. I can't speculate on are- why but i could i could offer a wild guess that pain does all oh. kinds of things to your cognition
2: oh that's it i have had horrible
5: pain
3: it's hard to oh. feel it's hard to feel as though you are present in the moment when you're so preoccupied with how much it hurts
2: right Yeah, because I even left um, a lot of the bottom of my feet just kind of fell off. Oh, but it healed really fast, and um, the bone's just absolutely perfect now, and I didn't, it's just like a miracle, really, and truly. But in a way, it's just, the the hit was so fast. I I can't seem to relate, like, it's just.
3: Well, I don't want to get into the details about how you hit that thing going 35 miles an hour, whether you were distracted or or whatever happened here. Oh, no,
2: I had gotten a phone call my um. My nephew died.
3: Like you reached for the phone.
2: No, I have. I was off the phone, uh, and I was going uh, through a roundy round, and the poles are about six inches from the road without a real curb. So you didn't and negotiate I felt the curb. Yeah.
3: Yeah. All righty. I got to run and, here. Call me back. I want to want to hear more and talk a little more about this rather all right. perplexing episode. Thank you, Doctor. This is Doctor. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you for the company. I appreciate it so very much. Don't make Christmas stress Walk with God. That'll help.
0: For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.